Welcome in. It's that time once again this week right here on Buffalo Rumblings. This is Line to Gain, and uh, I am the big O Jerry Ostrowski down in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She is my sister from another mister. She is, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead with it. She is Sarah Christine down in like Fort that. Lauderdale, Florida. And my man is with me, man. We got, I, I got to meet my guy last week on our extended version, and uh, he's back with us this week. He is all bro Poe. Jeremiah Poor is with us right now. Hey man, great to have you guys on. As always, great weekly uh, weekly conversation about the Bills. We'll talk about the Chargers. We'll talk about the Pats. How's it going, everybody? Well, you know me. I'm you know picking up something in every single city that I go to. So um, I guess you're not supposed to go into the hot tub when it's only you know 50 degrees out in Los Angeles. Um, so I came back with something, um, but uh, I've been sucking on some uh, chloroseptic stuff for my throat i feel fine other than that it's just it's that part but got to get better for this weekend so well you know i always keep you in check and i'm, I'm <laughs> sure my, I'm, I'm sure my man jeremiah keep you in check too so oh yeah know, we, we won't we won't go down that route yet but uh anyway uh-huh. hey i'm excited man i get to see everybody this weekend we'll be heading up tomorrow night me i got my uh my two oldest boys uh my son that plays at, at tulsa his uh one of his teammates is coming up, and then my oldest boy's fiance is with us, heading up to spend some time at Buffalo, check the Sabres out, check the Bills out. Uh, big props to the Bills. Thank you. You've been wonderful to me, and I'm excited about the game this weekend. Yeah, Are you a Sabres fan? My bad. I'm, sorry. No, no, I'm actually – I'm a hockey fan. I love the Sabres. I have the same, I have the same uh, problem that I do with the Bills. The Bills are my team, right? I love the Bills, but I was born into this Philadelphia Eagles thing, right? So I love the Sabres. I support the Sabres. My real good buddy's a bench coach at the Sabres, Jason Christie. But uh, I, I like the Philadelphia Flyers because I was I was born into it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. But are you still going to the Sabres game on Saturday? Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hit skate around. Uh, we're gonna hit practice on Saturday uh, Saturday morning or early nice. afternoon before the game. Uh, get to see Jason and hopefully his son. That uh, my son and him played hockey together here in Tulsa. Nice. And uh, get to spend a little time. I'm excited. We're seeing some people we haven't seen in a while. Getting to spend a little time with former, you know, not, not former, but friends from the past. So, we have, you yeah. know, you don't get to see as much. And uh, it'll be fun. Nice. Well, you know, like I said, I told you about a couple of events happening after the Sabres game Saturday night. So, uh, if you have a chance, bring everyone through. And um, I can't wait to see you guys on, on Sunday at, at the Mafia House. Well, the problem is I got all these young heads with me. So like they're gonna want to, you know, so they're gonna want to. They're gonna want to party too. Pop's got to get that Uber, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I'll let them know where we're at. So if you want to go Uber back to the hotel, you can. All right, Jeremiah. We always start our show every week uh, with uh, with Sarah and her streak. I believe we're at 58 games last week, 59 this week. Miami will be yep. 60 if I remember 60, that. Yep. And uh, a little bit about the trip. And then we'll get into the game and we'll talk about the uh, the Chargers game from this uh, past Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, so last year, obviously, I did Los Angeles last year. So um, this year, I wanted to do some actual tourist stuff. So I went and saw the the Hollywood sign. I went down, uh, you know, uh, the Hollywood strip where I got to see the, you know, the stars, um, the, you know, Walk of Fame or whatever you call it. Um, we got to go see where... Uh, Nipsey Hussle store was and uh, where he was killed and um, definitely some highlights went to Santa Monica Pier um, 
I had watched a million movies and TV shows with that peer. And so I was just like, I want to go and, and ride the Ferris wheel, something stupid, but I wanted to do it. And I did. So definitely had a, a great, you know, great time in Los Angeles. Did the uh, fans of Buffalo and Bill's backers uh, tailgate. So got to see a lot of people and, you know, headed into the game. Um, to be honest with you, going down 10-0, I was like, this is the exact fear that I had. Um, but, you know, it was it was one of those games, you know, you call it a trap game and stuff. And when we went down, I was like, here we go. Um, but, you know, we rallied and uh, I'm very thankful that the, the team, you know, figured it out at the end. So I gave you the script. Why I know, I know. I, I keep on doubting you. And, you know, Jerry, I, I've doubted you a couple of times, but every week after the game, I tweet about the script. You see it. You see it. If you know, you know. So Jerry and I have this ongoing thing with the script. So I know where it's, I know where we're headed. You know, we'll be in Vegas. You know, February. well, hey, I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit the particulars real quick. We'll talk some stats and then I wanna get to to, to Jer- Jeremiah real quick because he I, I appreciate his, been on one. <laughs> I, I appreciate his Twitter banner. I want to get into something he talked about during the game. But Bills win 24-22 over the Chargers in Los Angeles. Josh Allen, 15-21, 237 yards, uh, one INT. Uh, he did have a sack, uh, passing touchdown, um, no uh, rushing. Yes, he had two rushing touchdowns this game. Um, we didn't run the ball very much. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Cooks uh, had 20 rushes, 70 yards. Leonard Fournette comes out of mothballs, five carries, 20 yards. Josh Allen, five for 15. Gabe Davis, wide receiver number oh, two. God. Both four of you catches, yes, 130 you yards. Shout out his number, baby. Yep, 13. <laughs> one touchdown, had all kinds of drives extended. Oh. Big game by Gabe. Uh, Shakira, three catches, 45 yards. Diggs, five for 29. Knox had two for 26. Kincaid. Hey, man, since Knox has come back, we haven't seen the numbers like we saw from him earlier in yeah. the year. And um, defending, uh, we look at some tackles. Uh, the only one that matters, you, your guy Poyer had uh, – uh, he had, five, what, five tackles total? Yeah. Five tackles total. And, um, by the way, uh, Rap, Mr. Rap led the way uh, with uh, nine tackles. Johnson behind him with seven. Bernard with seven. Uh, he did have a sack. Douglas had a sack. Ed Oliver had two sacks, got paid. And um, uh, Puna Ford, another one that was uh, on the side of a milk carton there for a long time. Puna shows back up, had two tackles and a sack. But my man Jeremiah said something, and I loved it. And I'm going to go in. I'm going to start the conversation about the Chargers game with this. He made the comment. He said, hey, people, you can't have it always. Uh, Anytime anything happened, Everybody complains. They play a softer shell defense. People complain. They play press man. They get beat. People complain. All they do is complain about no matter what. So you got to figure out what you want, right? I mean, you made that comment. I thought it was pretty good because when you and I are texting a little bit uh, during the game, I thought your uh, your assessment of what was going defensively was big time saying that with the young quarterback, play a little bit soft, try to see how things go, get a lead, and then pressure them up. And it seemed to be what the Bills did. Yeah, I, I've just been around McDermott for – I mean, I, I don't play, but I've been watching this team for, what, seven, six, seven years, the way McDermott coaches. Um, I have a pretty good grasp on the way he likes to coach certain quarterbacks, certain games. And um, 
he he tends to play a little bit base coverage, see what the quarterback's trying to hit. And uh, Joe Miller had a comment during the game about he didn't like the soft zone and the cover three that they were playing. And and I was like, well, they they do tend to play that. And then uh, that that seam ball that they hit for the first three quarters are, is going to get picked at some point. And lo and behold, like the next drive, Christian Benford picks that seam ball and. Um, it's just it's the way they like to play. They like to let their players play with eyes and and uh, and come up and make plays and, and be smart about it. So I've just, I've just been around McDermott for a while, I guess. No, I think it was a great point. The reason why I say the reason why I brought it up was, you know, you got a guy like Stick who's playing, and his numbers weren't bad. I mean, he was twenty three of thirty three, two hundred fifteen yards. He did get sacked five times. Um, he had twenty five yards rushing. He had the rushing touchdown. Um, you know, the worst thing you can do. It's play so aggressive that you give a guy like this false hope, right? You give him a whole bunch of confidence, and then all of a sudden, my man thinks he's Superman, right? I, I totally get it. I mean, you 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 lull the guy to sleep, maybe give him a little bit of stuff, uh, soft looks, get him playing one way, and then take advantage of him being aggressive or maybe seeing ghosts, so to speak. So, no, I, the reason I brought it up is I thought it was a great assessment. I thought it was a a really good. Um, view on what our defense does and what McDermott does, because if you watch it and I went back to the all, uh, the all 22 and I, I was watching and I was seeing it, you know, the, the softness of it, maybe you end up a play here or there, but everything's in front of us and then heating it up. Um, I thought it was a really good game plan by him. I think our biggest issue and Sarah, I kind of wanted to get, uh, kind of wanted to run this to you. I mean, you were in the building, tons of bills fans, but, man, the turnovers, I mean, the error just had to come out of the place. Every time you thought you got something going, we just kept turning the football over. Yeah, I mean, that's wherever you are, It's especially at home. And it kind of – it felt like a home game. It, it, you know, a lot of times during – you know, throughout the game, it felt like a home game. So we would have motivation, and then all of a sudden everyone's screaming, and then it was just quiet. Um, but you, you really didn't hear L.A. fans going – nuts until probably like that towards the end of the third quarter beginning of the fourth quarter is when they you were like oh there's there's charger fans here holy crap like you just didn't really realize it um but yeah i mean i think that's that's the problem anytime any week that we play um the turnovers suck the air out of you so um we need to stop doing it um you know there was a couple of times where you know, like the the interception that was thrown to Stefan Diggs, but um, but was kind of a little underthrown. Um, I think that that was equally on Josh as it was on Stefan. Um, I felt like Stefan kind of let himself get undercut. He saw it happening at the at the same time. Maybe he didn't realize that it was going to be underthrown. Um, but those are the you know those are the plays that happen when you throw downfield, and we keep on saying we haven't been throwing downfield. We haven't been throwing downfield. And now Josh throws downfield and everyone's like, oh, what's wrong with Josh again? So, you know, we got, you know, three touchdowns out of him again. I'm I'm so okay with Josh doing, you know, Josh being himself. And if that, that happens to occur, you know, a turnover here and there, we just can't keep on doing it more than once. It's It definitely changes the game. But again, go ahead, go ahead, Jeremiah. I just, just to stack on top, I, I'm a big proponent of like knowing your quarterback, and and I, I can't just as much as I won't blame Gabe for that pass in Kansas City where, or maybe it was Kansas City where he Josh underthrew him, um, and he's running a fade ball. These receivers are expecting Josh to get that ball out there 
really far. So they're running 100 miles an hour. I can't blame Diggs for thinking that that ball might be overthrown and then having to stop and come back for it. And, and if I'm not going to blame Gabe, I'm not going to blame Diggs for that. I think Josh needed to set his feet and throw the ball, which would have been a little bit more useful in that throw. Um, but just just to stack on top of that point, I just I I I don't know what's going on with Diggs. <laughs> I don't know if he's hurt or something, but I just I can't blame him for that underthrown right. ball. I I did want to add on top of that. So a lot of people are you know making comments about Cook has an issue with turnover. He's had two games where he's had two turnovers in both games. But only, but he hasn't lost both of them in both games. So we have to stop the, you know, oh, he has the turnover problem. He doesn't. But I do think that there is some, you know, in the beginning of the season when he had that turnover and they sat him, I actually think that now I look back at this past week and I was like, that might have helped him because we didn't sit him this time. So now he's like, they have confidence. I'm going to go back out there and I'm not going to do it again. So I feel like, you know, Early in the season, we all, you know, we all talked a bunch of trash about the fact that we sat him and whatnot. But I think in the end, it um, probably helped this week. And um, I'm glad we put him back out there. I think the Hardy fumble um, on on the kick on the, um, I think it was the punt return. Um, if I'm, yeah, it was the punt return because it was Hardy um, returning it. That hit, like, you know, I, I really don't blame it. Like I saw it twice um, there, you know, they replayed it and I was just like, Ooh, the, you know, both times I know that they're supposed to, you know, be prepared for it, but um, it was just the way he went down and the way he was getting hit. You know, it just sucks because of the field position. Hey, once again, if you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on the X app, jump on over with Roy, Tiffany, Richard Rush, Daryl Fletcher, be no doubt. Uh, Marcus Austin, come on over to uh, YouTube, watch us on YouTube, get in the chat section, interact with us. And um, uh, as always, Super Chats take precedent. We'll get you up there, get your questions answered. Hit the like button, subscribe button, all those things. But I kind of wanted to go back real quick. You were talking about Josh on that throw. Daryl made a comment about he kind of threw off his back foot. To me, I don't think that – I think some of his interceptions this season – aren't necessarily now he does make some bad decisions some of the stuff like to throw the digs i think his footwork needs his footwork is off i don't know what it is about his footwork if he's got happy feet if he's too worried about getting out of the pocket because when his there it's right there yeah when his feet are on the ground dude is you know i'm like how can you i'm like you can't overthrow you can't overthrow digs try to overthrow him yeah what you were saying with with the happy feet and trying to get out of the pocket We've had that conversation before. Yeah, yeah. He feels like this season, that's why he hasn't been sacked a lot of times. But this right. season, he always seems to be running from the pocket. It's instead of, I was impressed because there was one pass um, that he made that he actually stepped up into the pocket. And I'm like, Josh stepped up into the pocket right. and to throw the ball. I want to see more of that, Josh. Um, but, you know, but obviously uh, Josh is going to be Josh. But, um, you know, in the end, uh, when he when when he's always on the run, he's always kind of throwing off his back foot or not planting correctly. So it's a, it's a taking a give and take, right? The, the understanding of where your receiver is at. That Gabe throw, he threw it the same way. The difference was Gabe was about twenty to thirty yards right. away, not forty to fifty. And on that play where you have Stephon Diggs out there, who's extremely fast, you have to set up and throw that ball as far as you can. Like that's just, I mean, and and maybe that's just Josh, like. 
getting in a panic and you take some of them. It's like you take the Gabe one and, yeah. and you're going to give some of them. But um, I'd like to see him on those set his feet. Well, guys, the most impressive throw of the game, and it <laughs> wasn't even a rocket, was the, the off-balance throw to Shakur that they called the touchdown back. I mean, that throw was absolutely ridiculous. That's in the same envelope as the sideline pass he made a few weeks ago, yeah. falling out of bounds. I mean, that's that's unworldly stuff. I mean, that throw was, was phenomenal. And again, a guy with a huge arm uh, is the only guy that can do that in the body position that he was in. I have a question for both of you real quick. We talked about it earlier. We talked about it in the stats. Uh we ran the ball 25 times. Five of them was Josh Allen. A couple of them were called runs, but the other few were scrambles. Why would the Bills go away from the run after having the type of game they had against the Cowboys? I know you'll say it's, well, they were giving them certain looks. I don't know. I watched the All-22. I didn't really see I didn't really see a ton of looks that just that that led me to think that we could not run the football. I don't think maybe we had the sustainability that we had against the Cowboys because we kind of went away from it. Um, I did get in a conversation with with a person that said, uh, analytics-wise, we should have thrown the ball every first down, that every time we threw the ball, it was completed and it was successful. I don't get, I don't get into analytics that much, but I was a little bit disappointed we didn't run the ball more than 20 times a game, 20 times this past game to the tailback. Uh, I'll start with Jeremiah. How did you feel about about the running game in this well game. we ran okay so taking away josh's five we ran it 25 times the running backs right so and and for 90 yards it wasn't as on first downs it wasn't as um positive as it was against the cowboys but when when you're when you're down by 10 you you have I know. to play with some type of like Sometimes you have to make sure that the clock isn't drained and, and you can't play with the, the clock management that you'd like to if you have the lead. And once they got the lead, you saw they, they fed um they fed Lenny and, and James Cook on the last drive. It's right. just like it's 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 hard. It's like hard managing the clock, not knowing if you're gonna have those breakout plays like they had with Josh right. and Gaben. But guys, but guys, we we actually we rushed the the ball 30 times. We had 52 offensive possessions. So See, I did were, not. I did not know that. Yeah. So we had I the like, ball fifty-two times. Yeah. I so wow. I was like, Josh only, I was like, Josh only threw like twenty-two times. So that means so yeah. I just looked it up to make sure I didn't. Wow. Got a turn, but yeah, we only we only had fifty-two offensive total plays. So we ran the ball like sixty-something percent of our of our offense. Well, normally that would be because people would say the defense wasn't getting the ball back. Well, that's not the case. <laughs> no. We gave it to the other team what four times. Three. You know, think about but it. I think it was, I think it was um, the time of it possession. Was Eric Wood. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say the time of possession was 33 minutes to 26 uh, to 26 minutes, but that was because we controlled the clock the last like four or five. Um, so before that, it was like a good, like 11 minute difference. It was ridiculous. The time of possession throughout the game. I'm surprised the defense held up the way, the way they well, the did defense, defense played their asses yeah. off to be honest. So, with you. um, so quickly, so someone asked uh, on here, uh, about the, up, um, an update on Daquan Jones. So just so everybody knows, I'm sure unless you've lived under a rock, you probably saw that, um, Elam was put back on the 53 man roster today. We had that open roster spot because uh, Jordan Phillips was put on IR. Um, so now when, uh, when Daquan does come back, 
if and when um, we will have to we, we will have to release somebody. So they're not going to make that decision until Daquan's 100 percent, you know, able to to play. Um, and then you got to figure out who you're going to let go, um, because obviously you want to let somebody go that can make it back onto the practice, you know, practice squad. That's not going to get you know picked up uh, on waivers. And uh, you also have to look at contracts because someone said something about settle. Well, settle has a void year. So if you release him before the end of the season, his void year becomes immediately due. Um, so little things like that, you're going to have to look at when it comes to contracts and, um, and how they're going to do that. You don't want to release someone said Spectre. Like you're not going to release someone on their, that's a second year player um, that is going to get taken on a, a rookie contract in, you know, 0.2 seconds. Um, so I think that that's uh definitely a good chance. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Jared knows a little bit more, but I, I believe Daquan's coming back. I just think that it will be um, very heavily thought out of what they're going to do in order to bring him back. I, I would assume that it would be Kingsley if, if anybody, right? Like I, I, uh, I don't know when he'll come back. It would probably just be when he feels like he can press alignment off of his chest. And I don't know. I don't know when that'll be. Um, Jordan didn't either when I asked him. So, um, but when he comes back, I would assume it'd be Kingsley because he's probably the one guy that won't get picked up on waivers. Yeah, I would think the same thing. I think if you're going to replace somebody, it's going to be somebody from that position group. You're not going to, going to, you know, you got your numbers that you had from the right. end of training camp. You're always going to keep those numbers. So somebody in that room will be the one that moves on, and then they'll they'll bring uh, Daquan back. But. Uh, I'll be curious to see if it's this week. I mean, I mean, if why why not? Why not this week? Yeah. I um, mean, I would have liked to see him come in for a limited number of snaps before playing Miami. Um, right. So you know, I would have enjoyed um, that. Obviously, they're going to have to make a decision sooner rather than later um, because they have to, you know, they have to cut and have somebody go through waivers in order to put them on um, on uh, the practice squad. So the one thing that a lot of people are asking about the practice squad. We kind of touched on it last week. Leonard Fournette can can be activated, um, or elevated. Sorry for the last two games without being on the fifty three man uh, roster. So he is pretty much essentially going to be brought up. I would assume the last two games, and then it all resets for the um, the playoffs. So you can have an unlimited number of call ups during the playoffs. Um, it's still two per game, but uh, he'll he'll. I'm sure he'll be game day active uh during that time too um and then i kind of look at whoever we put on on um the practice squad um that gets you know that gets cut uh to make room for daquan would probably also get called up so um you know it's definitely just right now probably some some contract things looking at you know who to who to release but i definitely think that he's going to be good to go to play i saw him kind of warming up the other day and I'm like, he's, he's definitely looking the part. He was doing some stuff with uh, his upper body and I'm like, okay, you know, I think he's, I think he's getting there. I think he's ready. Well, Hey, let's do this real quick. Let's um, before we hop into the Patriots, cause I want to give ourselves some time at the end of the show. Cause Sarah and I want to discuss uh, <laughs> something that's going on in the NFL. And I'm glad that Jeremiah's here with us this week and uh, we'll break, we'll drag him into that discussion as well. But before we get to the Patriots and we end the chargers game, Let's go ahead and hear from the sponsors that uh, take such good care of us here at Line to Gain and the Buffalo Rumblings uh, Vidcast Network. And that is our friends at Fichte, Endel, and Elmer Eye Care. And um, let's hear a little bit from them. 
It's time to say goodbye to the blur and hello to clear vision. Ficta and Linelmer are the first in Western New York to bring you Zeiss Smile technology. Along with our highly experienced surgeons, we promise an effortless journey to better vision. Gone are the days of fumbling for glasses or struggling with contact lenses. Embrace the freedom of superb sight because we believe you deserve the world in HD. Visit us online at Ficta.com and schedule a consultation. Ficta and Linelmer, we are focused on you. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Bills take on the Patriots in Orchard Park at Highmark Field, uh, Highmark Stadium on on Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. I will be there taking the game, as will my two friends here on the show. And I have to start the conversation about the game this way. Bill Belichick compares Josh Allen and Tom Brady. Believe it? Apply? Does he really mean it? <laughs> you be the judge. Yeah, I Sarah, I'll ask does. you first. What do you think? I think that he knows what he's doing every time he t- he tries to get into somebody's head a little bit. I think he has respect for Josh Allen. I think that he wishes he had Josh Allen on his team. Um, but you know, and and I love you know everything there is to love about Josh Allen. But I'm not comparing him at this point in his career to you know Tom Brady. And I can't stand Tom Brady, or I couldn't stand Tom Brady up until probably like the last two years when I haven't had to worry about him anymore. So, <laughs> so yeah. he hates both. <laughs> what, do think, what do you think of those comments, Jeremiah? I mean, the respect level that you you have for one going into the game is comparable. I don't think he would ever compare the skill sets because they're not even close. Um, exactly. In skill set, like Tom Brady was very methodical, kind of, uh, kind of cerebral, and Josh is more talent Physical. over. Yeah, and so I, I I know he's not comparing their skill sets. Did you just call I, Josh dumb? <laughs> no, that's not what I said. I'm I just said. messing with you. Headlines <laughs> tomorrow. All don't, bro, po. Don't don't clip that. Thank you. Um, uh, I think they're more oh, skill, more more the respect level that teams have and and fear. I guess you would say um, going into a game against Josh Allen is probably about the same. No, I think that you know, I, and obviously you know you try to. These guys know what they're doing. They're masterminds at the, at the manipulation and the mind yeah. games. But when I look at this game on Sunday, I think the biggest thing is going to be Belichick is a master of of taking away what you do well and forcing you to play a certain way. Before the last X amount of weeks, I would say that his deal would be to 
you know, take Josh Allen away and try to force the Bills to run the football because they're not running the football well. But over the last three, four, five weeks, the way the Bills are running the football, does Belichick take away the run to force the Bills to have to pass with maybe a receiving core that he feels he can cover up in the secondary? I think that's the biggest thing with Belichick. He is a master of finding your weak spot and and exploiting it. And that's where I think this game Sunday is going to be really, really interesting. We saw the first game. Bills played horribly offensively. Does that continue? I think during that first game, the Bills were one-dimensional. They weren't two-dimensional. Now with the fact that they can run the football as well, just as effectively as throw it, what does Belichick choose to take away? I think that'll be a big big thing this Sunday. Yeah, I think that without Stevenson playing, though, I think that our defense should have our way with the Patriots offense, and I think that kind of sets the tone. When our defense goes out and just kills it, right off the bat. Um, I think it kind of sets the tone for our offense. Now, I and and I say it all the time, when there's something that goes wrong on the first drive, we always tend to struggle kind of the whole first half. And um the the Denver game was a, a good scenario of that where Cook fumbled um on the first play. The Patriots game is a good example. Josh threw the interception on the first play. It just kind of never clicked until it was like fourth quarter. So right. um I think that um, I think it's going to be more of what can our defense do to outsmart them um, so that I don't think that it's going to work. I don't think Belichick's going to beat us twice in a year without Tom Brady. Here's, here's the thing with the previous, the first 12 games for me, it's like teams knew that Josh was handcuffed as far as not being mm-hmm. able to run the ball and use his legs. And so like, what do you do? You go take away digs and what now he has to be on time with every other receiver on, on his roster. And if his receivers are dropping those balls, we're probably not going to succeed. And so um, it's, it's interesting um, to me how, like when Josh is able to open up his legs, you can't just take away digs. You can't just take away, you can't just take away a receiver and hope that things uh, work out in your favor. So It'll be interesting to see what what Belichick um, decides to do. I, I don't think this team has a very strong personality when it comes to when they feel like they were bullied or have been bullied or were talked about previously. They have some type of pride chip on their shoulder. That's the way this roster was constructed. And so I really think this game is going to come out in 40 to 16, like that type of game, and we're going to throw the ball for 350. So we'll see. Well, you you make a great point because that's what I saw watching the All-22 this past week. When I watched his Chargers game, I thought guys played good. I don't think anybody played a crazy exceptional. I don't think that the that the sustained level of enthusiasm or physicality or play from the Cowboys game was there. Now, I've been in that situation. Playing on Christmas Day absolutely sucks. Okay, especially when you got a family, you got young kids, and you got to get on that plane on Christmas Eve and fly your ass somewhere to go play a game. It's it's not fun. So human nature kind of takes in the you know takes uh, takes charge. But no, I think you're right. I think that this Bills team is wild, man. Like they, I wish everybody would talk trash to them every week because when they feel <laughs> when they feel like they're slighted. When they feel like that, they're like they like you know the old when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl in 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 what was it eighteen when they won the Super Bowl they all wore the dog masks right you know nobody likes us and we don't care they had that huge 
you know, underdog role going on. And that's how this team is, man. Like I had a coach back when I was playing at Buffalo named Carl Mock, and he used to he used to get on me all the time. He'd tell me I couldn't I couldn't handle prosperity, which is his way of saying that he had to stay on me all the time, which was true. I was a guy that needed to be motivated that way, as opposed to you know petting my belly and you know all that type <laughs> thing, get a pat on the back. I needed to have a foot up my rear end. But you know, I think this Bills team is that way, and I think you're right. I mean, I expect them to play really, really well. I expect them to have a a, a ton of energy. Um, it would be really surprising to me if they struggled two times in a row against this yeah. Patriots team, just because of what happened last time and knowing people maybe have doubt in the back of their heads. They just love well, that. That's how yeah, they motivate. And I, I think that that is, we kind of also, we have the ebbs and flows. So I think that sometimes we have a game where we go out and we just kill it. Like the Miami game earlier this season, and then the, the week after, we go and play Jacksonville and just didn't quite show up. I think that that's kind of, you know, again, what happens. We had two emotional weeks. We we beat the Chiefs. We go in and destroy Dallas. And I think that, you know, this was kind of like a little bit of a letdown for them. Like, it's just it's just the Chargers. And so I feel like, you know, we we kind of play to our our, um, our opponents sometimes. I just don't want this week to go in and have us thinking about Miami. I know they say it every week. It's one week at a time. It's one week at a time. We're only focused on this week, but now prove it because I don't like, I don't want us to, to, you know, screw up whatever we're working towards, which obviously I think we all have the same goal, which is to go to the Super Bowl over the freaking Patriots. The Patriots just beat Denver. They've had, you know, they have a great defense. Um, so I just don't want to overlook them. But I have to go ahead. Go ahead, Jeremy. Just as far as like the overlooking um, aspect of, of teams, I wouldn't say that us turning the ball over three times against the Chargers, which is the only reason they were probably in that game to begin with, is us overlooking them. I, I, there's games where you go into and things don't work out the way that you want it to, and you have that Jekyll. Right. And and the thing is, with this team, they're very emotional. And so they ride that Miami game, this whole like them talking about Josh beforehand, like they just they just don't like the Dolphins. And and when they are playing emotional, when Josh is playing emotional, it's like it's different. And now that they lost to the Patriots, McDermott does a really good job at pivoting and and, and driving into your heads that you lost to the right. Patriots. Previously and you promised me that. You promised me that after the um the first Jets game, going into the second Jets game, you were like, "We are going to dog walk them." It's be you prom- you it's promised me that, and and I'm saying like, it's just, it's just like it's a certain way that the season goes, and like and you can feel it, and like it's just it's how I view it, anyways. And I just feel like this is going to be a crazy uh, butt whooping, and and we'll be going into uh, Miami for the East. For the but but think about this. But think about this, guys. Think about this. And all they've done is added another game to the season. And look how different the seasons are going now, as opposed to when there were sixteen games you're going to have moments of adversity in a season with 17 football games. You just can't, you can't stay away from it. Um, All the great teams in the league have had some sort of adversity this year. Um, Maybe, I don't know. I can't really pinpoint Baltimore's, but the 49ers have had it. They've lost in Cleveland, lost a couple of games in a row. The Eagles obviously had it. Kansas city damn sure has had it. 
We've had it. I think the mark of a champion, the mark of a good team is how you handle that adversity. The Bills had their dark days. I mean, we got rid of the offensive coordinator. We hired Joe Brady, and now look at the way things are going. That is a huge testament to that locker room. The leadership in that locker room, to me, is really, really strong because they went through that storm, and they come out on the other side, and they're doing well, and now we have a chance if the things fall right and we beat, you know, we win this weekend, we beat the Dolphins, we have a chance if things fall right, we could win the damn division, right? We could be the second seed. Right, after everybody nationally is talking about us not making the playoffs. After Spin said we should tank at 6-6. Six and six. Don't think I right. forgot Spin. Don't right. think I forgot Spin. I got the screenshots. <laughs> and then you look at what's going on in, in, in Kansas City, and I'm sorry everybody likes to clown on the guy, but, but Patrick Mahomes is not the issue with that football team. Everybody likes to clown on the guy that's got the $1.2 billion girlfriend. Y'all clown on him because you're jealous as hell. He's not the problem. The problem is they never replenish their roster. They don't have the talent that they have. Their offensive line's depleted. Their wide they have the best defense he's ever had. And they now his offense The best defense they've ever had. <laughs> and, and now his offense got, is falling Right. They got no <laughs> talent on offense. So say what you will. But this weekend was, was a bad look on their part. It you was had a bad You'd had it Pat was Mahomes. a great day, though. I haven't right. laughed so much. <laughs> but you had Pat Mahomes yelling about call the damn play. You had Jay, You had uh, Travis Kelsey whipping his helmet to where Andy Reid finally had to take notice and bench him for a little bit. I think the Bills had their opportunity to, to end up that way, and they didn't. And, again, I give all the credit to the dudes in the locker room, man. Huge, huge props to the leadership in that locker room because they're – I mean – Hey, they they're different. They roll to their own. They roll to their own beat, but it it works. And leadership's strong. And um, like I said, we went from not making the playoffs to all of a sudden have a chance to be the second seed. So props yeah. to them. So leadership definitely gets you through. And this is something that I've had conversations with Jordan about. That leadership gets you through when your back's not against the wall. And the, the best thing about this football team and the way McDermott coaches is that no matter what game it is over the last however many years, other than the Colts game where we got smacked at home. That when our backs are against the wall, this team plays better than than any other time. And I don't understand. I don't know the the mindset that goes into it. It's just it's just when their back against backs are against the wall, it's different. It's a different mindset. It's why right. no matter what game it is, no matter what the score is, that they're probably never out of it. This team is probably never out of the game. And so it's it's interesting to see if you're able to. If you like when we were talking about McDermott not being here or certain players being gone or whatever it is, if if that's the makeup of the team or if that's something from the coaching and the leaders and 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 that's something that has been instilled into the like we talk about culture, the culture of this team is that we're never we're never done and when we're back against the wall, we have to fight out of it. We're gonna fight like until the end. So, um, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna play our uh, our Picasso's uh, ad. Uh, give them some props. Um, but right before I do, then I want to kind of address what we're going to lead in, you know, lead into next. So today, I was excited. I, I was excited. Jeremiah was here today because this is a great topic for him to be here too, by the way. So obviously, okay. So today um, the Denver, you know, uh, Broncos decided that they are going to bench Russell Wilson for the last two games of the, the season. We're going to talk about it. Um, I got into some, some little battles, text message battles with some some of y'all um, about 
you know, whether or not we agree, disagree. Now, obviously, since the decision has happened, um, some more information has come out. So I will, I will say my initial, my initial battle yeah. and I will say, you know, what else has come out. But first, let's hear from Picasso's. <laughs> Hey, football fans, the season is here. So, you know, that means family, football and food. But for the NFL's best fan base, it can't be just any food. Bill's Mafia only eats the best during the season. And the best is Picasso's Pizza. With four great locations in Western New York, it's so easy to treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping local and nationwide. Order online at Picasso'sPizza.net. All right, Sarah. All right. So Lead anyways. us into this because I'm with you. I now that now that all the cards are on the table. Yeah. So I do. So uh, initially, they said that they were going to sit him. That it was a financial decision. Um. So I'm going to read here the timing of uh, his 2025 injury guarantee. It's on the if he's on the roster on the fifth day of the 2024 league year, which is in March of 2024. So if he's on that, um. It is fully guaranteed for 2025 for injury. So, um, and, and for injury. So obviously if he gets injured and can't pass physicals, can't do anything between now and March, it really seriously impacts whether or not they were considering trading him or bringing him back and having him lead their team. If he wasn't going to be on the, on the, the field, 2024 and 2025 become very expensive for them. So mathematically, when I first thought about it, I was like, they they have like no chance of making the playoffs. I understand this. They want him back healthy for next year. Um, they have a 7% chance of still making the playoffs. Very small chance. Um, but also, you know, there's some, there's some animosity there with, you know, how Wilson's been, you know, handling the team. The um, cap, if he is released, is $85 million this year, 2024. $85 million. If they trade him, it's $68 million. If he gets injured before getting traded, that is obviously not going to happen. So then they're going to have to release him, which is the $85 million. Um, obviously, they can do the post-June 1st um, designation, split it up amongst two years. That doesn't change how much money it is. So initially, I thought of Josh Allen. If we were not going to the playoffs and we had absolutely no chance of going to the playoffs, sit him, do not let him get hurt. I don't want you touching my quarterback because I want him there day one of, you know, OTAs, I want him okay during training camp. I want him to be there opening day. I understood the mindset when I first heard the news. I was like, of course, sit his ass. He's expensive. You don't want him to get hurt. You want him to be there next year and play. Then obviously more information came out. So I am going to retract a little bit because now it's they want to protect their investment because they're looking to get rid of him, um, which is a little bit different. Obviously, I'm not trying to backtrack so much as to say, um, you know, that I don't agree with them, you know, financially, you know, doing what they need to do. I was looking at as a fan, I would be totally okay with you making sure Josh is safe sitting on the bench if we have no chance of making the playoffs. 
I'd be completely okay with that. Um, obviously, some of the people that I was messaging with didn't agree. They said it sucks for the fans. Um, and I was like, again, I'm saying it as a fan. I would prefer you protect my quarter million dollar, you know, or quarter billion dollar quarterback. Um, I want next year to be okay. I don't want a stupid injury to keep him out next year too. And then we were bad two years in a row. Um, you obviously said, uh, F the, the organization pretty much. I'm not an organization person. Okay. I've seen two, I mean, the league, the NFL kind of goes this way. You get drafted and you make your minimums. Then you play well and they give you your contract. And as soon as they give you your contract, they try to figure ways to take it back. Right. Okay. So I'm not a fan of the organiz- of organizations. I mean, I understand they're doing business. I'm doing business too. What I do have an issue with, and, and initially I was very much, I don't care if it's 6%, 7%, 90%. If you have a chance to make the playoffs, you play your best players because you got a chance. Okay. I don't agree with tanking. I don't agree right. with sitting people, sitting your most talented right. people. They but I will say that say they felt that Stidham right now was would be willing to play or was playing better or whatever. You got um, the two you got two yeah. two of the most egotistical forces in football on the same <laughs> team. You got Sean Payton and you got Russell. And those two colliding is not good. I mean, Sean Sean Payton's the best head coach in football, just ask him. And then you got Russ. And my problem with Russ. My problem with Russ, after I've seen everything and all the information came out, I don't know if you if, if you read this, but they went to Russ after the Kansas City game when they beat the Chiefs in October and said, look, we want you to help us out. Can we rework your salary? Can we work your contract? We'll keep you here, whatever. Guaranteed. It was just the guarantee. Right. The guarantee but but anyway, understand. but anyway, it was, still, it was still a rework. And he and instead of being <laughs> mature about it, Russ flipped his lid drug his representation into it. They drug the NFLPA into it. They all had meetings and never came to an agreement. Personally, if I'm at the swan song of my career, which Russ is, and I want to keep playing and I want to show that I'm a team player, Russ made his money, man. I'm not saying that Russ should play for free, but this is an instance where in good faith, he could have done something for the organization to show that he wanted to be there. And he didn't. I do have a little bit of an issue with that, but as far as the other part goes, and I said it earlier, if you have a chance to make the playoffs, you play your best teams. It's not Russell Wilson's fault. You idiots traded 20 players and whatever you traded to get them. That's your fault. That's not his fault. And, you know, personally I play Russ. I don't think Russ is going to be a member of the Broncos next year. I really don't. I think they're going to eat the dead yeah, I don't money. Think any, I don't out. think anymore. I don't think so anymore. Right. They're going to eat, but, eat, eat the cap and, and try to figure yeah. it out. So I was very on it earlier, like I said. I mean, that's why I was excited because I was like, oh, I'm going to tear into Jerry. We're, we're on opposite <laughs> sides of it. And then little by little more came out. And I, so I, I don't have the, the air in my sails anymore, obviously. If they were doing it to ensure that he remained he remained healthy and it was, you know, understood that he was going to be with them next year and yada, yada, yada. I completely agree with the decision. And I know fans, they pay money to go and see, you know, their, their people play. But you buy tickets in advance all the time 
not knowing if someone's going to be on that on that field, um, not knowing if the game's going to even matter. Um, so I kind of, you know, was taking that route where protect my quarterback, protect my franchise quarterback. Um, but more information came out. Now it seems a little selfish. They're doing it to protect the money aspect. And it really, in the end, um, if they release them, like I said, it's like $85 million. If they um, if they try to trade him, it's uh, I think sixty eight. The problem is, is if he's injured, um, doing the the release is um, you know is pretty impossible without a settlement. And then trying to trade somebody who's injured is going to be next to impossible. So um, that's where it all kind of stems from. So now I understand a little bit more. I won't I won't die on my my opinion any further that I you know did earlier today. Uh, just a question before I um, the dead cap is only in 2024 if they cut him. If well, if they designate it before six one, if they it's do only 2024, 2024, 2026, If they do, if they if they cut him before six one, it's eighty five million dollars. If they designate him after six one, then it splits between the two um, between the two years, twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five. I uh, obviously I, I'm a big player. I, I try to look at it from the player's perspective, and and um, a third I'm, of the I, cap. That's a third of the cap, by the way. Just <laughs> go on. Um, but I also try to be unbiased. I you you traded him and gave him the extension for five years, two hundred fifty million. That was your choice. I don't care what coach you brought in. That was your choice to pay him two hundred fifty million dollars for five years. Yep. You better sit there and lay in that bed and for five years or at least four and, and see what Russ can do for you because nobody I mean, he still made his money. He made the guaranteed portion of his contract. That's what the $85 million, if they cut him, that's what the $85 million is, is the rest of his guaranteed money and the options. So, I mean, in the end, he's not going to lose out. That's yeah. why they tried to get him to rework the guarantee, the injury guarantee, and he, he refused to do that. So no, don't ask that. if I'm a player. Don't ask me. Talk to my agent. That's that's what I want. So I would do. I talk to my agent. I I signed that deal. You signed it, and now we're both going to have to lay in it, regardless if I'm unhappy here or you're unhappy here. If you don't want me here, cut me. I'm going to make my money regardless. Like, and then on the organization side, I don't mind them sitting in. I I don't see a way where the Broncos get in anyway. So um, if you're trying to trade him, which I don't think is going to happen. I don't then, see any team that's going to be willing to to, to take on that no, that um no. that salary. Well, and his his salary for them isn't as bad as the salary hit it is for for Denver. So you might find somebody to to take if on. Elite, um, if he was but, elite, then it wouldn't look that bad. But, but it's he's still thirty five. But he's thirty five years old. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like. Yeah. No, I, I don't still know think I still I still think Russell's got good football left in him. I don't think he's what he used to be. I think he's got good football left in him, but at 35, that's where I talked about earlier. If you want to do a good faith gesture and and help the team out, find a way to help the team out. But 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 the, I honestly think Jerry, what you're saying right there is with him being 35, that injury guarantee is his insurance policy. Okay, if he well, can never play injury. another down. We'll keep the injury guarantee and rework no, the rest of the deal. No, but that's what they asked him to re uh, remove. Was right. That's what I'm, I know. But what I'm saying is, is find a way to make it work for both sides. No, and but you that's can not on, find a way. That's not on Russ. Like that's, 
So, that's on your team when you chose you wanted Russ and you traded. No, for I I you, totally agree. You, you don't get to negotiate, and just like you said earlier, you don't get to negotiate with me then. And we come to an agreement, and they come back to me and say, and and if you do, if you're Tom Brady, like back in the, when he went in, and he's like, yo, I want more players, I want to win an extra Super Bowl, this, this, and that. That is on the player's discretion if he wants to go in there and do that. But it's not on Russell Wilson to okay. say, no, I'm going to take less money so that you guys can make stuff happen. No, you, we so, both agree to this. this lady. So I agree. Guys, I agree with that. Let me real quick, sir. I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off. I, I apologize. But real quick to that. If if I know that if I can rework my deal and I can get more weapons and we can be a better team, then I try to figure out a way to do that. Okay, Tom Brady. At the age of 35. <laughs> that's what Tom 35. did. That's I mean, like, that's the one thing that I respect for Tom Brady. He did that, but he also had a wife that was worth a half a billion dollars. So he didn't really care. Right. And how many deals did he have outside of the team that he was making money all the time? So the actual contract itself, um, you know, wasn't wasn't a big deal. But and I did have a question. A yeah, I was going to say. Um, for the toast for the team. Go. I'm sorry. Read that again. Um, Matt said that the I think deal, the was, deal made, was finalized before yeah. the they officially on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There. So, um, kind of branching off this into another question. How do you, because it kind of, in my opinion, and I kind of used this um, earlier, kind of reminds me of the same thing. How do you guys feel about these college um, guys who are <laughs> holding out of the, the bowl games? They're not, you know, if they're not in the playoffs um, or, you know, the, playing for something, you know, real, um, knowing that if they get injured, it can ruin their, their draft stock and their money. And me and somebody said, pick the same on this for sure. I think. Yeah, because I someone said <laughs> earlier, well, they they're not paid yet, and I'm like, well, nowadays they they kind of are with nil. Um, it is a little different, but um, I mean, how do you feel about that? Because if you're okay with them sitting out because it affects their money and affects you know their draft position, shouldn't that be considered the same thing? I think that you're when you go into college, players have certain things they do well. There are some guys that are playing that are good football players that are there to get a degree because they're smart kids. They're going to go into the real world. They're going to get a good job. They're going to get paid well. There are some guys playing playing college football because their skill set is they're going to be in the NFL, and that's where their money is going to be made. And if playing an extra bowl game gives them an opportunity to get hurt, I go back to – I, I go back to the situation in Buffalo when we took um, – who's my guy that we took in the second round that, that blew his knee out in the in the bowl game? McGahee. McGahee, okay. I, I, I go back to that. Um, if my if my skill set and, and my livelihood is revolving around football and the best decision for me is to not play in that game to keep me healthy, then that's what I do. We just played two weeks ago against a guy that did not play his entire senior season, Okay did not play his, his entire senior season, that Micah Parsons, when he was at Penn State, he went and trained and got ready for the league, got drafted high, and now it's making the money he's making. So you got to look at the player and you got to look at the situation. And if a guy wants to sit out of a bowl game, especially they're not going to sit out of the national championship semifinals. No, if they're not in the playoffs, playoffs, yeah. Right. So, and you made that point. Um, but no, I mean, if it's a, just an extra game and an opportunity to get hurt and it, and it causes you to not get picked when you get picked, by all means, sit out and go get ready for the draft. Right. Because so that was my that point. That is your livelihood. 
that was my point when it came before it was that they were looking to tr possibly trade uh, Russ. That was my point with Russ. Well, they want him to be good for next year. That it's his livelihood. They want him to be able to play. Um, that's that was my argument with Russ. Well, it's two meaningless games. Let him sit and get him ready for next year. Obviously, Jeremiah? more came out. So go ahead, Jer. I just on the, on the college topic. Look, you as a player, as a person, you make your own choices and and you live with them and whatever. As an owner or as a coach, I'm not drafting anybody that's is fully healthy that sat out of their moment. You're not. I, I'm not anybody. I'm so, not drafting Caleb Williams if he sat out of his thing. I'm not drafting anybody that sat out of there. I mean, like you're right. I, that's my personal opinion on. I can't. Marvin like, Harrison wanna, Jr. is sitting out. But he's been injured moment. all year. He's been injured no, all year working. He's he's been working through injuries all year with his hamstring, and so I understand if you're working through stuff. And 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 but if you if I if I'm looking for a mindset like Josh, where he's going to run through a wall every single week, and I want that type of quarterback on my team, I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to get a guy that wants to play, that loves football, that wants to play football. That's my personal opinion on owners and coaches but, drafting and, players. And I I agree with that. I agree with that, but at that point in time, I don't think that's a thing. That's not a decision made on whether I love to play or not. That's made on a decision whether uh, of how do I obtain and keep my draft stock. I, 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 I used so to be, much. I used to be like, I used to be just like Jeremiah. I used to be just like Jay. I had the same viewpoint, and then you started seeing things like Willis McGahee. Then I had a kid show up and play. Then I, you know, all those things and. You know, the NCAA and those colleges make so much money off of those kids. What happens if that kid gets hurt and he and he goes from a first round top 15 pick to a, a fifth round? Well, just use use Jay, what is it, Jalen Smith, right? I know it worked out for him. He did get picked in the first round, but his career was short at Dallas. He's supposed to get picked up this week, I believe, by I believe it's the Cleveland Browns. But that hurt him. Um, I don't know, man. I just I I Knowing what I know and seeing how the NCAA and schools up until NIL the last couple of years have manipulated things, I don't know. I can't fault yeah. the kid for making the best decision for him. But I do agree. Yeah. I mean, I no, do I agree with what you had to say. I mean, because I'm a loyal guy. I'm a loyalist. I would have played no matter what. That's me. But and I you're a guy, I would, and you're a yeah. guy I would draft. That's my <laughs> point. Right. I don't fault the player for making whatever choice they want to make. As right. a owner and a coach, I'm looking for players that would run through a wall to play football. And so, and and that's just the mindset that I guess me and but maybe Jordan they want to save themselves with. to run that through a wall. Go to run through a wall the, for when was Jordan? When ball. was when was Jordan drafted? I can't remember. 2013. Oh, yeah, but what what where in the draft? What position? Seventh. Seventh. And he was projected to go second. And he played the Pro Bowl. He went to the Combine. He did all this thing, and he ended up doing what exactly like he could have. He could have been injured in those things. He could have went higher if he didn't play in those things. I, this whole idea of protecting it just shows, in my opinion, character. And, and I look at character when I'm drafting young kids more so than anything. There's so much talent in the draft. You can find talent at any level of the draft from first to seven. Undrafted, right? Undrafted, and so. I, if I'm trying to draft, especially like the Buffalo Bills, the mindset that they have, they draft for character. They have been for a while now. 
and the character that they've brought in, they're able to mold into this culture that they have here. And it's been sustainable for more, more years. And so I just, I don't fault a kid for making a choice. I just personally wouldn't draft him if they did that. When yeah, you say and- seventh, do you mean seventh overall? Seventh, seventh round. Round, round. Yeah. He well, see, he was, mid- he's not yeah. built that way. And I, and I hate to say this, but I was, hell, I was picking the 10th round. They don't even have 10 rounds anymore. You know, Jordan, Jordan's a football player. That's what he does. That's what he loves to do. And I don't know, man. I just. That's what I want on my team. Right. Exactly. I mean, those are the type of guys that I want on my team playing. Right. Each week, week in and week out. And those aren't the guys that sit out of bowl games. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Well, so quickly, so Papa Ron just put, does your opinion change um, based on the millions that they can get with their NIL deals? And to me, I think the only thing that NIL does now is give some of these kids the opportunity to decide to stay in school and not go in the NFL um, because some of them are getting paid more in college than they on the NIL deals than they are on their rookie contract. So it's actually a little bit more motivation to to stay in, you know to stay in school, um, get that you know get the education, and hopefully college football might actually become a little bit um, more competitive um, over the years, getting some of these guys to stay. If, if, if we re, if we restructure, if we like try to forget what you know about Josh right now from the okay. NFL, if we, if he was back in the draft now and it was Caleb who has is touted to be the most talented quarterback to come out of the draft or Josh, who would you pick? Uh, well, I would, I'm going to have to say right away, um, I wasn't set on Josh, but I'll be honest. After seeing what Caleb did towards the end of the year, I'm not set on Caleb either. I actually, I know he didn't have the the team around him to prove what kind of quarterback he can be. Um, but I'm not set on Cal- Caleb either. So it's a little hard for me to go back right now and say I would choose Caleb over Josh or Josh over um, Caleb because I know too much about Josh now. Um, but I was not, sh- I was not set on Josh coming out of, well, I was like, Wyoming, he has no competition. He, you know, like, how, what are we doing? His accuracy sucks. Like I was not set on Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I was, uh, I was wanting Baker Mayfield. Uh, first, <laughs> well, first of all, I love Baker. I would take yeah. Baker in two seconds. You want to talk? Hey, Hey, Hey man. Jeremiah, you want to talk about all the stuff you just talked about playing football and a football player and intangibles? That cat got all of what you like. Okay? To a fault of hurting all your of team. What, all of what you like. <laughs> to a fault and, of hurting your team. And, man. and dude, I, just played I himself into, dude just played himself into a contract in, in Tampa Bay. They will resign him. I definitely believe that. Man, Caleb, now, if you said, so if when you I look said at Caleb Bennett. Williams coming out and I look at Josh Allen, Caleb Williams is like got generational skills. Now I think he's a baby ass. I think his daddy takes care of him. Right. So who do you pick in that situation? But if I'm looking, I've got to answer. If I got to answer to the public, and I got to answer to the dude sitting around the table in the room, and I'm the general general manager, I'm taking Caleb Williams all day long. Because, but you, when you, so now if you would have said Penix, I would have told you. That I because I am a huge fan of Penix right now. I am too, but I'm I'm worried about his May, I would have been like, all right, you know what? May, like they're yes, both, I agree they're with both kind of like in that we don't know what you're getting with Josh just coming out of college. If I look at there's they're all great for talents, but I'm looking at your character, and I don't like 
Caleb Williams like character. And yeah. and so like I can't I can't ask him to go lead a group of vet men to try to turn this organization around. Whereas I can ask Josh to go show himself. He may not be able to talk himself as a leader. He can go, but he can go show. But he can go will, show himself. I will say Caleb kind of reminds me of Baker's of uh, like the the cockiness and the the attitude and Baker had I, a little and, bit more set on him though. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I don't know. He had a little bit more of a set on him back back then. Caleb uh, painting nails like I, I had nothing against it. Like do your thing, but like. I, you're you're about to go lead a group of 53 men onto the field. I, I don't want F Utah on my fingernails. Hey, Sarah, Sarah you must. <laughs> dude, I'm going to tell you something. When Baker crosses the state lines and he's in Oklahoma, that dude that dude does whatever he wants down here, yeah, believe me. But no, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I got, as soon as I said something about Baker, I get instantly get a text message from Spence. Yes, Baker, Baker is so <laughs> trash. Yeah. And I'm like, you, I, and Sarah will get this reference, but I don't know about you, Jeremiah, but you remember in Monsters, Inc., Roz, who worked at Monsters, Inc., and she go, always oh, watching, Lazowski, always oh, watching. That's, That's Spence. Spence is like, Roz. he's Roz from Monsters, Inc., man. Always oh, watching. But no, man, I, I like Penix a lot. I think Penix got a lot of ton of intangibles. My kid got a 15-yard penalty on him first play of the game, lit his ass up. It looked like a it looked like a yard sale. He hit him about fifteen yards in the air, but okay. Um, and I worry about his durability for one so second because this Baker's and buns crap and the the comments and all this other stuff. He wasn't in college. He was he was legit. But we forget. But we forget I mean, the same stuff we would go ahead and back Josh's ass with was oh, but Josh had three offense coordinators in three years, and you know Josh. The worst thing Baker ever did was he did what Jeremiah talks about and the fact that he tried to do what was best, what he thought was for his team, and play with an absolutely blasted shoulder that needed surgery. But I'm not going to defend Baker in the NFL. It, I'm just defending him kept playing him through it <laughs> and kept playing through it, and it wasn't the best thing for him yeah. and struggled through it. And now he's in Tampa Bay doing well. Was Baker doing the number well. one overall pick? All right. Probably not. I understand why oh. Dorsey did it. To try to change the landscape of the team, so but Baker Matt, is not helped, which helped yeah. Baker coming in helped that Browns team right. get to work. Out so now. Matt Bynum, Matt Bynum just put as, as well. Jamarcus Russell was elite in college. Guys, the question was, who would you have picked out of college, not yeah, knowing anything, not knowing anything about the NFL? You would take Caleb Williams and don't act like you wouldn't. If you I dug into last, Jamarcus, though, last six games, pass, man, he's you not. Take him. Yeah, but you would you Josh, especially what you just said. Oh, he's in Wyoming. Oh, I don't know what he can do. Oh, yeah. he's not accurate. You would take Caleb Williams. Probably. He's prototypical. The closest thing coming out of college that we've seen to Mahomes is Caleb Williams. Okay. No, Mahomes had a dog coming out of him. He was drafted in the fifth or third round, fifth round. Or yes, but I'm just telling you. Wait, Caleb. Mahomes? Yes. Mahomes, Mahomes, I didn't see any dog. I mean, the biggest well, instead of in, Caleb Williams is Caleb first, Williams's I, issue is his daddy always covers him. Because the Bills Mahomes' over issue him. is his mommy always his mommy always had his back. I mean, it's all the same. But when you come out of college, it's like fourteenth or seventeenth, and you put that stuff together, Justin won a Heisman Trophy. Caleb Williams did. I, I, the Heisman Trophy, Johnny Manziel won a Heisman Trophy. Tim Tebow won a Heisman Trophy. <laughs> 
I, I, what is that to hey, me? Tim Tebow, hey, Tim Tebow's a damn dog. Don't even don't talk. Dog, don't like, put that on Tim Tebow's if, name, if, Jeremiah. If you want to mesh the talent Tebow's with a the dog. mindset, you get Josh kind of. You know what I mean? Like the talent with the mindset, you need to tutor him a little bit. You don't get Caleb Williams, who really don't have the mindset. It's impossible to treat to teach but a we mindset. We were talking out of college. Nobody knew that about Thanks. knew that about. Josh, Josh? Allen. all yes. anybody was talking yeah. about was tweets he made as an 18, 19 year old kid. No, these it was recruits, even younger. These recruits go and meet Josh. If you meet Josh at all at any point from, from college to now, <laughs> that kid is somebody that can lead with his with his personality. I'm down, I'm down with that. Look, look, I don't know if you can see it. There's a 17 on my jersey right here. Okay. <laughs> I love the dude. I'm just saying, out of college, comparing the two. And then you, I'm just saying, you're going to take Caleb Williams. It's, I wouldn't it's even not. take Caleb now. Caleb should drop to the third round for me. <laughs> drop to the third. I might take Caleb. I'm not saying Here's the deal. I'm not a fan either. I'm not a fan either. I'm just saying, but if you put it all together. I so mean, I would say is. coming into the season, before we get, we get out of here, but coming into the season, I was a Caleb Williams fan, his game. I feel like because so much of a spotlight was, was shown on him, you can see by game six, his personality Broken. overtaking, it was terrible. Broken. Like some of his post-game comments, some of it, the way his attitude, I was like, what he is cried, He cried thing? on the sideline this season. He put a towel over his head and was crying. But, you know, because, but you don't, but everyone was saying he was doing that. Be, they were saying that he was doing that because he, his chances of winning a game, a bowl game and his chances of going number one overall might be ruined. And, it was selfish in that, like, I don't know. So I will say I was a C Caleb Williams fan. As the season went on, I started to to die off of that. Um, I've always been a Michael Penix fan. Um, I don't like Drake May because he's the ACC, um, but I respect his game. Same thing where I didn't like Lamar Jackson, but I respected his game uh, coming out. So, you know, that's a little bit more personal for wow. me. But um, I honestly, at this point in time, think that um someone is going to get the um the Josh Allen special and I'm not saying their game is anything next to each other but I think someone's going to get a huge um surprise pick if they every pick uh, Penix every year everybody thinks they look at Josh and they, they say okay where's the next but yeah I, I don't think that they're gonna I don't think their game is anywhere similar or anything like that I think they're very different um, but I think what I'm saying is that no one thought that Josh was going to be Josh. And I yeah. think that it's going to be the same thing when it comes to, to Penix. I think he's going to come out and he's going to be very good. But there's um, a in difference, the though. Here's the difference between Penix and Josh Allen. Okay, ready? The guy wearing the Josh Allen jerseys, Josh Allen, Sarah, you're Penix. That's the difference. And what I'm saying that is I've stood next to you. You know our size, oh, size? comparisons. Okay. Okay. Penix is great. I love Penix. I just don't know how durable he is in the NFL. But I will say this. Everybody wants to put on him like they did on C.J. Stroud that he's a running quarterback. He's not a running quarterback. He's a but throw I mean, the ball, get out I mean, of the field. I mean, if you look at Tua, you look at there. Tua's got a lower half like an old lineman now. Well, Tua's a thick dude. So. Tua's issue was his, was his melon, not his – his body in general, it was his head. Um, but I'm just, that's my only, and I, I really want Washington to win the national championship. I think it would be awesome. 
I'm wow, a, I'm a very sorry, Michigan. And by the way, and by the way, Daniel, Jer- Daniel Jeremiah, and this is for another show because we got to wrap this thing up. We're yeah. already at 110. <laughs> Daniel Jeremiah came out this year, said, which is good. This is good for the Bills. The wide receiver class this year is as deep as it's ever been. Yes. Sick talent. And yeah. your boy, three. and everybody wants to, to put the spotlight on Columbus. Daniel Jeremiah, his favorite receiver is my favorite receiver, which would be your favorite receiver, which is Oduze. Yeah. out of washington i mean yeah. dude's a dog and by the way i will say this again before we get out of here don't ever put that on on tim tebow man tim tebow is a straight oh dog goodness. dude you can't say that about tim tebow man he can't you can't, play in the NFL. You, you can't speak you can't speak that about tim tebow man he couldn't play in the NFL. he 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 beat the pittsburgh steelers in the playoffs that's all oh. i got to he beat the Steelers in the playoffs. He can play tight end, and he's also a baseball player, man. Tim Tebow would have forty picks in the NFL right now. <laughs> yeah, All I right. was never, I was never a Tebow fan. So Jeremiah, you all are right. always welcome on the show. Yes. You want to come on? All you got to do is text us. Let us know you want to come on. We appreciate you Absolutely. coming on. She's Sarah Christine. I'm the big OJ Ostrowski for Jeremiah Poyer. As always. Hey, if you see me up in Orchard Park this weekend, come over and all say hi. I'd hi. love to see you, all of us up there. And uh, by the way, one love. Go Bills. Go, Go Bills. Bills.